Really? It's noise of ignorant savages who don't know any better. You're a white woman, like me. You don't belong here. We're soon going home. Home to your husband. Harvey. Harvey, thank it. Don't you understand? No. No. Let me go. Let me go. I want to go to the music. Out there. My music. I want to listen to the music. No use. No use. That fever's gone to her brain. She can't think. She's hopeless. What can I do? Oh, so hopeless. That noise is maddening. It would only stop. heaven for that. Now what's happening? Why this sudden quiet? Maybe I can see what's going on. Radio. 
Join us next week at this time for more REM Radio Classics. Dimension X, followed in 30 minutes by the Jello program. This is the Radio Entertainment Network. Wheaties present Dimension X. Adventures in time and space, transcribed in future tense. Tonight, Dimension X, another in the Wheaties' big parade of exciting half-hour presentations. I don't mean to be too personal, mind you, but have you found out how Wheaties at 7 can help at 11? It's really very easy to find out, you know, and it's mighty worthwhile. Now, what you do is this. Come breakfast time some morning real soon. Dish yourself up a bowl of Wheaties. Crisp golden flakes, 100% whole wheat. Add some fruit, add milk, and you'll be getting some real nourishment. And at 11 a.m., I think you'll begin to understand why. Because Wheaties have it. The whole wheat energy that makes such a difference come mid-morning. Wheaties have it, and it's for you. Now, see if you don't look better, feel better, smile easier every day that breakfast begins with Wheaties. I know. I do. See for yourself how Wheaties at 7 can help at 11. It's amazing, really. Do you remember when you were young how your elders would tell you bedtime stories about the man in the moon? Well, tonight we have a different kind of story to tell about him. A story of suspense in the unknown world of the future where anything can happen. Attention. Attention. This is the Federal Bureau of Missing Persons calling all local agencies. Attention. This is a coded report nationwide. Missing since 9 o'clock this morning, the following persons. Smidgley, Jonathan, 5 feet 8 inches tall, brown hair, brown eyes, mastoid... Hey, hey, get off this wavelength. This is a restricted band. Look, whoever you are, you're on a coded wavelength. Now tune out. This frequency is reserved for the Federal Bureau of Missing Persons. Hello, This is the moon calling Earth. Hello, This guy's loony. Transmitting room. Jake in transmission. Uh, Jake, this is Charlie in the code room. Some crackpot's on our frequency. Yeah, I heard him, Charlie. I've got CQ trying to trace it now. Yeah, well, hurry it up, will you? Some ham's in for a good stiff fine by the FCC. They ought to take his license away. Oh, here comes Lenny with a directional fix. Here you are, Jake. I checked it four times. What? Well, this is impossible, and you know it. I can't help it. Hey, what's going on down there? How about it? Get that ham out of my killer site. Listen, Charlie. That interference is being beamed from 240,000.
thousand miles away. Oh, now, Jake, you know there ain't no such thing as 240,000 miles away. Oh, yes, there is, Charlie. Straight up. Straight Hey, now, wait a minute. Charlie, that signal's coming from the moon. The moon? Are you nuts? Somebody might be bouncing it like a radar signal. Radar? On this frequency? Where did you study basic radio? Uh, listen, flathead, you asked for a fix. I gave the best fix our instruments can find. Now, take it or leave it. Somebody on the moon is calling the Bureau of Missing Persons. <laughs> Timken, what's the sweat, Charlie? Shouldn't you be broadcasting? Now, listen, Mr. Timken, you know I'm a sober citizen, right? Never once have I broadcast with the smell of alcohol on my breath, right? In all your 12 years here at the Bureau, did I what's once... What's the matter, Charlie? We're picking up a message on our wavelength. What did you report to the FCC? I ain't got the nerve. But what's wrong? You'll scream when you hear this, Mr. Timken. You'll jump right out the window, but... We are getting an SOS from the moon. Started on voice and switched to Morse. What did he say? Uh, let's see now. Uh, can you read me? Help Otterburn. We'll contact when the moon is in phase. Otterburn. That uh, sounds like a name. Otterburn. Otterburn. Holy jumping Jehoshaphat. Hey, where are you going? To talk to the chief. Hey, now, wait a minute. What are you going to tell him? We just got a CQ from the man in the moon? That's exactly what I'm going to tell him, Charlie. What? Oh, no. This is too much for me. Let me have O'Brien on the city desk, huh? One moment. O'Brien speaking. Uh, Seamus? Yeah? Uh, this is Charlie Starbuck down at the Missing Persons Bureau. You want a hot one? No kidding. This will cost you a beer, okay? Sure, Buck. I'll stay in your wavelength for 30 seconds. Yeah, okay. We just got a radio message from the moon. What? From the moon. Call me back when you're sober. Okay, Seamus. If you don't know a story when you see one. I'll send you the name of a good psychiatrist. Dad. So long, Orson Welles. Where? Orson Welles? Hey, how do you like that? He don't believe me. <laughs> Burn, Mr. Wade. Does that name ring a bell? You're the man with the photographic memory, Henry. What about Otterburn? Cornelius Otterburn, atomic physicist, reported missing from his home in Baltimore on June 5th, 1945, uh, just five years ago. Vanished completely. Are you trying to tell me you really think there's something to this man in the moon business? Henry, I'm surprised at you. This is some crackpot trying to jam the airway. But the name Otterburn is so unusual. So are a lot of names. But, Mr. Wade, I have a theory. Henry, you always have a theory. But, Mr. Wade... Out, Henry. Mr. Wade... Out. I'm busy. Yes, sir. I'm sorry, Henry. Oh, uh, here, take this folder of reports for the dead file. Oh, oh yes, sir. And no more nonsense, eh, Henry? I appreciate that you have a very dull job filing old missing person reports, and I appreciate that you take an active interest in the affairs of the Bureau. But, uh, no more nonsense, hmm? No, sir, Chief. No more nonsense. Oh! Uh, 
pardon me. Hmm? Are you Mr. Henry Timken? <laughs> That's my name. Permit me, Jefferson Philo, scientific feature writer. May I have a moment of your time? Certainly. Uh, just sit down at my desk right over here. Thank you. My, that's quite a stack of papers. Filing. Filing. I'm the records custodian of the Bureau. Twelve years and never misplaced a record. Magnificent. Now, Mr. Timken. Uh, yes? Mr. O'Brien, the editor of the Star Ledger, said I might drop by and investigate a rumor... Only a rumor, mind you, that a message from the, uh, moon? Well, we aren't certain it's from the moon. It may be a bounce. Uh, they have bounced radar waves off the moon, you know. Yes, I know. I wrote the first newspaper article on it. Oh, really? Well, I'd be interested to read it. I must have a copy in my briefcase. Well, uh, don't bother. Oh, but I insist. There you are. I'll leave it on your desk. Well, thank you very much. Now, about this message from the moon, Mr. Timken. Well, we don't know for sure, as I said, but I believe that this message, wherever it originates, is from Cornelius Otterburn. The physicist? Oh, you know him. I once wrote an article on his contribution to nuclear mechanics. A brilliant man, Otterburn, years ahead of his contemporaries. Well, whoever is sending those signals, if he isn't on the moon, is at least using the moon as a sounding board, uh, bouncing the signal. But why, Mr. Timken? Why? Uh, look here, Mr. Philo. If you will come here tomorrow night at 8, we may learn the answer to that question. I have arranged with Charlie, our radio man, to let me use the equipment. May I consider this an invitation? You certainly may. Very well, sir. Until tomorrow night, then. Goodbye, sir. Goodbye, Mr. Philo. Goodbye. Ha, 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 ha. Now, let me see now. Uh... Well, that's funny. Where did this list of names come from? Paul Aaron's astromathematician, Robert Simon's electronic engineer... Carl Parker, mining specialist. Oh, this must have got mixed up with the papers on my desk by accident. It's a peculiar list of names. Most peculiar. Uh, see, we made the papers. Oh? And how? And it's the chief steamed up about it. Well, what did the papers say? Uh, mostly ha-ha. Here's the Herald. Oh? Oh, brother, what a penny. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, dear. Oh, my. <laughs> uh, no wonder Mr. Wade is hopping. Uh, oh, uh, about tonight, Mr. Tilkin. I don't know. No, you promised you'd give me a key to the radio room. Charlie. Yeah, but I didn't expect this. Listen, Charlie, we've got to find out if there's something to that message. If Otterburn is alive somewhere and radioing for help, uh -oh. it is... Hold it, hold it. Time for the morning broadcast. We've got quite a list today. Would you mind if I listen a while we may hear Otterburn? Oh, I ain't self-conscious. Stick around. Attention. Attention. This is the Federal Bureau of Missing Persons calling all local agencies nationwide. This is a coded broadcast. The following persons are missing. Aaron's, Dr. Paul, five feet five... Brown hair, brown eyes, scar on left side of chin. Aaron. Thick glasses. Occupation, astro-mathematician. 
Missing since 6 o'clock this morning. Uh, Being sought by Bel Air Police. Uh, Charlie. Repeat, Dr. Paul Aaron. Charlie, shut it off a second. Oh, now listen, Mr. Timken. It's okay to stay, but you can't interrupt. This is important. Now, what time was Dr. Aaron's reported missing? Uh, 6 a.m. We got the report from Bel Air less than an hour ago. Are you certain, Charlie? Yeah, positive. What is this? Charlie, what's the next name on the list? Uh, Let's see, uh... Simons, Robert. What? Engineer. Came in less than 20 minutes ago. 20? What's the matter with you? You look like you've seen a ghost. Uh, Nothing, Charlie. Except that last night, quite by accident, someone left a list of names on my desk. And that list included the names of those two men who weren't reported missing until an hour ago. What? Yeah, that don't sound right to me. It isn't right, Charlie. Which raises a question. Who would make up a list of missing persons before they were missing, not after? Dimension X will continue in just a moment. You know, friends, when I talk about Wheaties' Breakfast of Champions... I mean something like this. Champions do eat Wheaties because they feel Wheaties give them energy they need and because they just plain like the way Wheaties taste. And even though they are champions, that isn't unusual. Sort of the way you and I look at it, isn't it? Here's Ed Prentice with a perfect illustration of my meaning. Now, young man, will you tell us what you do for a living? I pitch. You what? Pitch, pitch. You know, baseball. They have a baseball team, you have to have a pitcher. I'm a pitcher. I pitch. Oh, yes. Yes, I see. And are you on a team? Uh, yes, sir. I'm on the Cleveland Indians. Cleveland Indians? Hmm? What is your name, young man? I'm Bob Feller. And you know it as well as I do, Ed. Sure I do, Bob. It's good to see you. This makes your 14th season playing with the Indians, doesn't it? Yep, Ed. 14 years. Well, tell me, Bob, how long have you been eating Wheaties? Oh, about 20 years, give or take a couple. You mean you started eating Wheaties before you started playing ball? Oh, I have course. What's so strange about that? Most people start eating Wheaties before they get to playing ball. In fact, most people never start playing baseball. You don't have to be a ball player to enjoy the lift you get from Wheaties with milk and fruit. You're right as rain, Bob. No champ ever said a truer word about Wheaties. Breakfast of champions. And you say this list of names was left on your desk? Accidentally? I believe so, Mr. Wade. Do you have any ideas? Well, it's hard to say. Mr. Philo left some papers from his briefcase. Mr. Philo? Uh, a science feature writer. I see. Uh, you were the leak on the story, then? Oh. Oh, yes, sir. I'm afraid I was. Uh, well, I didn't think it would be treated as a laughing stock. Uh, well, we'll deal with that later. Uh, what's uh, this Philo like? Well, he's, he's strange. Bald, thick glasses, tall, uh, seems to know a great deal about scientific data, but being a science writer... Is there any other possibility? I don't know. But I do believe that this is all hooked up with the broadcast from Otterburn. That seems like a very remote possibility. A missing persons bureau deals in remote possibilities, Mr. Wade. Henry, I do not require a statement of policy. What's the theory? Mr. Wade... I have discovered that each year literally thousands of persons vanish, leaving no trace. They are never located. 
Where do they go? Nobody knows. And? And they disappear in interesting cycles. What sort of cycles? Occupations, for example. One year we'll have a run on, uh, well, say, coal miners. Next year the proportions of engineers increases, then scientists... What do you think happens, Henry? I don't know, Mr. Wade. But I'm beginning to suspect that somebody else has discovered the same phenomenon. Even to the point, perhaps, of being able to predict who will turn up among the missing next. Philo? I don't know. But I would like to find out. And you think Audubon may be a part of this picture? I definitely do, Mr. Wade. Henry, do you honestly expect me to buy an idea like that? It's more than an idea. The two top men on this list are missing. Maybe so. But the rest of them aren't. Parker, Watson, Gibbs. Well, I saw Parker in the restaurant where I had lunch today. Yes, sir. But you you think I'm going to make myself a laughing stock by putting any belief in such a crack brain theory? Excuse me. Yes. Hello, Wade speaking. Yes? Yes, I see. Uh, what name? Uh, just a moment. Henry, let me see that list again. Oh, yes, sir. Here you are, sir. Go ahead. I see. I'll get back to you. I, uh, guess I owe you an apology, Henry. Yeah. Sir? Carl Parker was just reported missing. A uh, Parker? The third man on your list. Holy mackerel. Exactly. Henry, perhaps I've underestimated you. Maybe this time you really stumble onto something. Uh, what do you intend to do, Mr. Wade? I don't know. I haven't thought it out yet. I was planning to listen for another broadcast tonight in the hope that Otterburn might try to contact us again. I'll uh, join you. Uh, <clears throat> I also invited Mr. Philo, the science feature writer. Here. Well, I'll be glad to meet him. I'm beginning to get interested in your Mr. Philo. Mr. Wade, you don't think... That he's mixed up in this? I don't know, Henry. Well, Mr. Wade, let, let's contact the police. No, Henry, I think we're better off keeping this between ourselves for the moment. I don't want the police laughing at the Bureau if you're wrong. I don't know, Mr. Wade. Besides, I... there may be more danger than you realize. Let's keep it quiet. Shall we, Henry? Yes, sir. I didn't realize there was any danger. Eight o'clock. Friend Mr. Filer was late. He said he'd be here, sir. Moon is almost in direct phase. You can't wait much longer. You'd better switch on the set. Yes, sir. I'd have to light in the hall for Mr. Filer when he comes. Are you getting anything? No. Just some foreign stuff. Programming from Johannesburg, South Africa. He continue in Africa. Oh, no, dear. That's a very peculiar transmission sound. That sounds like something. See if I can work a selector here. The moon is in phase. Yes, sir. Hello. Uh, can you hear me? Uh, I'll try to return. Uh, hello? Hello? Hello. Uh, uh, hello, do you hear me? I get you now. My God. Uh, who are you? Can you hear me? Who are you? This is Professor Cornelius Otterberg. 
Ah. Uh, go on, go on. I hear you. Not much time. They're on They've located my sending point. Do you hear me? Go ahead. Keep talking. Well, where are you? I'm on the Earth side of the moon. You get that? The Earth side of the moon. A volcanic crater. Good Lord. Start that recorder, Mr. Wade. Go on. Explain, please. Explain, please. There's an Earth colony on the moon. There is an Earth colony on the far side of the moon. Made up of renegade scientists and criminals. Professor Ernst Holtzman... Holtzman? He died in an insane asylum in 1938. Professor Ernst Holtzman discovered nuclear rocket power in 1935 turned his plans over to escaped inmates of the asylum. They took off and set up a colony on the far side of the moon in 1938. Go ahead. We're recording you. Each year, they recruit new colonists from Earth. Slave labor, mostly. Some women, scientists. The oxygen problem, problem is a big one. I was kidnapped in 1945. Yes, we know. Keep talking. They wanted me to work on atomic drive with their flying gifts. Hello? Uh, we're still getting you. Go on. Go on. Uh, speak louder. on Earth. Well, where? Who? Hello? Hello? Agent in... Henry, look out. The light. Someone at the window. Get back. Henry, are you all right? I... I, I think so. Oh, his shot smashed the transmitter. Strike a match. Careful. Whew, that was close. I got a look at him. From the description, it was your Mr. Philo. Well, we got a recording anyway, but... Not the most important part of the message. Henry, we've got to get you out of here. You said they have agents. Pilo's probably one of them. He'd be looking for you now, trying to kill you. The police, Mr. Wade. The police would believe a fantastic story like this? People being kidnapped to the moon as slave labor? Moon colony planning an invasion of the Earth? Henry, believe me, they'd clap us into straitjackets before we could finish. We've got to do something. We need time. Time to get proof. But we can't walk out of here. Philo's probably waiting. We can only figure some way. Wait, I know. How? Listen. There's a service elevator that leads to the basement garage. My car is there. Mr. Wade, let's By the call time the police. police get here, we'll be dead. You think Philo will wait outside all night? Come on. This is the basement. Come on. Keep to the side. Yes, sir. Shh. Here's the car. All right, Henry. You open the garage door, then jump into the car. We'll make a dash for it. Where can we go? I have a farm outside Chevy Chase. It's private, miles from the nearest neighbor, and completely hidden by trees. We'll run for that. Go ahead, start the door. All right, Mr. Wade. Quick, jump in. Yes, sir. Right, here we go. Cross your fingers, Henry. I made it out all right. Anything doing? Well, there's a blue coupe behind us. It uh, seems to be following. I'll cut up Pennsylvania Avenue and out Route 1 toward Baltimore. It... It is following. He turned with us. Can you go faster? Not much faster. He 
He's gaining on us. I've got an idea. Hang on, Henry. Yes, sir. Why did you stop? Turn off the lights, quick. It worked. He shot right past us. Now we'll double back and go out another route. I think everything is going to be all right now. We can be at my farm in less than an hour. This is really out in the wilderness, Mr. Wade. You can stay here indefinitely till we figure out the next move. Just up this dirt road now, there's a big abandoned wheat silo on my grounds. It's down in the hollow where it can't be seen except from the air. And even then, the oak trees shield it. We'll hide you out there. And we can leave the car here. Come on. How did you ever find this place, Mr. Wade? I've always liked seclusion. Came up here to get away from it all. There's the silo. Oh, it's certainly well hidden. There's a small door around the side. Come on. Yes, sir. Oh, careful of those bushes. How to see them in the dark. Do you suppose Philo will find us? I assure you, Henry, that Mr. Philo will never find us here. Not in a million years. Here's the door. It's pitch dark. Hold my arm. I know the way. Just a few steps up, then another door. Yes. Steel. This is an unusual silo. Double walls, wood outside, steel inside. Completely fire. An army couldn't wreck it. We're inside the inner shell. Careful. You're in a circular room. There a moment. I'll go outside and see if the coast is clear. In a moment, your eyes will become accustomed to the darkness. I'll bring back some food and water. Well, uh, don't be long, Mr. Wade. This place gives me the willies. I'll just be a moment. Yes, sir. Uh, Mr. Wade. Uh, Mr. Wade. I swear I hear something. Mr. Wade. What's that? There is something. Good Lord. There's someone in here. It's locked. Oh, no. Oh, this, this must be a light switch. Oh, thank God. No, no. People. Ten, fifteen, twenty of them. Mr. Wade. Help Good to shout, Henry. Mr. Wade, where are you? Outside, speaking over the intercom. Mr. Wade, there are people in here. Fifteen or twenty of them. They're, they're sitting like statues just staring at me. They won't hurt you, Henry. They've all been drugged. They're even more helpless than you. Yes, but, but who are they? Permit me to introduce them, Henry. Since they're currently unable to introduce themselves. The gentleman seated before you is Dr. Paul Aarons. The astro-mathematician. Parents. Next to him is Mr. Robert Simons, electronic engineer. Names on the list? Yes. They've all been recruited for work with Professor Halsman's group on the moon. On the moon? 
And you, 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 you're one of them? Of course. You'll turn around, Henry. You'll recognize the drugged form of your old friend, Mr. Philo. Philo? But I, I thought... I, that he was I, part I, of the conspiracy? No, on the contrary. His doing made it necessary for me to include him. Yes, but the man in the window, the one who fired the shots... An agent of mine, the pilot of the ship. Ship? Well, well, what ship? This silo is a camouflage for a rocket launching platform. In a moment, the roof will slide back for the rocket's takeoff. A rocket ship? In exactly 70 hours, you and your companion will join Professor Otterburn on the moon. But you, 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 you can't do this to me. We have done it, Henry. No! You see, there was another name omitted from that list, which was carelessly mixed up with your papers. That of Henry Timken. No! Bon voyage. I, I won't let you do this. Attention, attention. Missing since 8 o'clock last night, the following persons. Timken Henry, age 45, height 5 feet 8, brown eyes, slightly balding. Dimension X has presented The Man in the Moon, an original story by George Leffords. Featured players were Louis Van Ruten as Henry Timken and Santos Ortega as Wade. Your narrator was Norman Rose. Music by Albert Berman, engineer Bill Chambers. Dimension X is produced by Van Woodward and directed by Edward King. In a moment, we'll tell you about next week's show. And now, here is your Wheaties man, Frank Martin. Everybody knows whole wheat has vitamins and minerals in quantities. Sure, no great trouble figuring that out. The trick is in making the whole wheat into crisp, toasty flakes like Wheaties. With all the good whole wheat things still in them. And with all the good, natural whole wheat taste. Well, do you know how the Wheaties people do it? Well, I'll tell you. It's simple. They use a whole kernel of wheat to make one Wheaties flake. You see? No wonder Wheaties are good for you. And you know how good they taste. Crisp, sweet as a nut, simply wonderful. How can you stand missing them? Across the nation and around the world, this is REN, the Radio Entertainment Network. Heard on great stations like the Golden Hours Radio Reading Service, Portland, Oregon. The Jell-O program starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Dennis Day, and yours truly, Don Wilson. The orchestra opens the program with On the Road to Pismo Beach. <laughs> You know, the 